I don't know if you could hear that, but that was the sound of me opening up a can <laughs> of Miller High Life. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Law School in Brief, uh, happy hour edition. This is your co-host, Megan. Um, and with me, as always, is the lovely Lydia. Lydia. What's I up, friend? drink Miller High Life out of bottles. That's hard to, for me to imagine it being in a can. Oh, I mean, the bottle is definitely the preferred method, um, yeah. but but North Carolina, or maybe just Greensboro, they don't really, they don't pick up your glass recycling. So what? yeah, it's really annoying. We collect our glass recycling and we have to drive it across town to like this one random blue trash can in the middle <laughs> of an industrial park. So as much as possible, I try to avoid glass. That's fair. That's yeah. I hate that. That's not not an all across North Carolina thing. I'm hoping not because it is it is yeah. quite quite the encumbrance, and um, it would make somebody less diligent. I think just say forget about it yeah. <laughs> and start shucking glass wherever they want. Absolutely. Anywho, we're not here to talk about recycling in the great state of North Carolina. We are here to talk <laughs> about law school, which is a very very important topic. It feels more important this week than it's felt the rest of the semester because of the pending exams. I'm like, the what now? Oh, I'm sorry, huh? <laughs> exams. Don't exams. even whisper the E word. Yeah. Okay. They're happening though. We do need to, we do need to face them. It's the topic of the week. So we'll talk about it at some point. We don't have to talk about it now. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Much like the exams themselves, the topic is looming large in this conversation. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, it's the end of November somehow. I have no idea how that happened. I don't um, know. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, do you <laughs> – this is such a clunky intro, but do you have any – has anything cool happened this week, Lydia? Have you done anything cool? So you mean what I've been doing this week other than exam studying? I mean, which is really cool, but we were just saying we'll talk about it later. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think actually it's been a pretty good week for me. Tell. Uh, well, we finished up classes, which was really nice. Um, I've had just my professors this semester were just nice. They were good. Yeah. And I just really like when the last class is a whole review class. Mm. You think like, I did learn something this semester and they answer all your questions and wish you luck on the final and stuff. And it's just nice. The closure is nice. And wrapping up clinic especially was good. Like I talked with one of our, one, one of my clients for like 25 minutes on the phone um, to say goodbye. Cause this is just someone who I've been in more phone communication with. Like some of our clients prefer email, some of them prefer phone. Anyway. So I've called this person a lot. And in this final conversation, we just had a like a more deep conversation. Nothing inappropriate, obviously. Like it was still within the balance of like tax law and stuff. But we mm. talked about like class in America and like, um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. Wow. <laughs> and just like writing out um, my transfer memos for future students so that they can like easily see what's happened in the case. It's like wow, I've made progress and. This is good. And several several cases were closed, so just I guess it's it's one of those weeks where everything's in perspective, and you're like, this semester is almost done, but it like something happened during this period of time. 
you know, and then I was going to say, I wish that I had such a rosy outlook on it. I don't think, you know, of my four classes, all of my classes finished up this week and all of them pretty much ended with like, like, and here's the last topic we were going to cover. It, there was no review. What? And in two of the four of them, we had like graduating three L's and I just, I couldn't help but think like, damn, if I were graduating three L, this would feel very anticlimactic. It's like, and yeah. here's, you know, like the executive power or like, and, and here, you oh. know, you, this op-ed is due after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, in my in my BA class, my business associations class, my professor did spend the last like three or four minutes, you know, kind of just praising us for being uh, his words resilient. He was like, when I think about your class, you know, this word comes to mind. It's it's resilient. And I laughed out loud. I mean, he's so sweet <laughs> and so heartfelt. But I was like, wow, I, if you could see what I look like on the other end of this computer, <laughs> resilient would not be the word that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry to have interrupted you. No, no. I I'm sorry to hear that you didn't get a review session though. I'm kind of mad for you. I guess we you might, have more content in. Yeah, like we yeah. we there have been some review sessions scheduled, I think, in the coming week. But okay. yeah, it wasn't like the last day of class was and here's all you learned. It was like learn this too. <laughs> uh yeah. 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 Um, I definitely haven't like learned as much as I would have otherwise, obviously because of the online thing, but mm -hmm. so the, the review session wasn't as much of a, oh, I've learned so everything. This is amazing. And it was more, oh yeah, I, I do recognize all those words and some of those things I understand. And some of them I'm about to, when I cram in a week before the exam, yeah. but like this seems more doable now like hearing everything presented in one class period. So part of it is like a hope that could yet be dashed when we talk next week or the week after or whatever. <laughs> oh God. Um, but you know, for now at least it's feeling maybe doable. And then the high that's clinic related is that um, I was asked to come back next semester as the advanced clinic student. Oh. So there'll be, yeah, there'll be new students, but I'll be one of the like advanced students who stays on, already know how things work so I could help out other students and just like keep on with some of these clients whose cases aren't resolved yet, which is awesome. So I, yeah. That is super cool. Cause I would imagine that when you kind of, when you develop a relationship with a client, you know, it would feel Kind of like I felt on the last day of class, like anticlimactic, like, well, the, the semester's yeah. over, like, sorry, sorry, nothing's really happened, but I feel a keen sense of duty towards you, but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. Exactly. And because of the, like, power of attorney and the client privilege, like, you never get to really find out what, like, if their case was resolved, unless the right. clinic, like, tweets out something that is very scrubbed of personal information that you can be like, that had to have been my client, you know, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's great. It's not going to be as many hours as this semester. It's half the hours. Um, it's just one class credit. So I will be taking more classes next semester, but still just like, it's nice. It's like a class where I know exactly what to expect. I, there's no final there's real clients in an online semester. That's so huge, I think. So yeah. I'm like, oh, 
okay, good. This is great. Yeah, I have other highs too, but I feel like that one seems more law schooly. So the people who are listening in maybe for the first time who are here to actually listen to stuff about law school might be still listening and then we can make it weird. We can we can reveal our true self. <laughs> yeah. Take our law student masks off and yeah. reveal the chameleon people that we truly are. <laughs> yeah. The lizard queens. Yes. Um <laughs> so what's well, going that, on with you? <laughs> um so I had a little bit of an announcement. This I I could turn it into a high, but I realize that this is not at all about me. Okay. <laughs> as much as I would like for it to be. So one of the students in the 1L legal writing class that I TA for, um, I found out this week, has her own podcast, which is yeah. so kick-ass. I mean, obviously, we are a little biased. Like, we are big fans of students who make podcasts, I would imagine. <laughs> um, but her podcast is actually... I like the concept is, is really cool. So it's called legally bilingual and mm -hmm. um, she hosts it along with another one L who I haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, but the two of them are both uh, English second language students. Um, and like my, the student that I work with, Sasha, she is, I mean, she's just so great. And I, the first meeting that I had with her, she was asking me, if Elon had tools for bilingual students or for students who, you know, English isn't their first language. And I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like English is my first language and just legalese in general completely confounded me for many months. It still does sometimes. So yeah, I have major I'm respect for people who are doing this where English is their second language. My goodness. Absolutely. I'm thinking maybe... I mean, I haven't met them. I have listened to the first episode, so I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but I, I do already have a suggestion that they should call it legally trilingual. Oh. English, Spanish, and legalese. <laughs> I'm just Dasha, Dara, are you hearing this? <laughs> don't change it. It's perfect. It's so good. I, I listened to the first uh, episode, the Spanish version, and it was, it was great. I mean, especially being at home during quarantine, I have not been able to go to wash use like Spanish speaking lunch hour or anything to kind of practice. And I can listen to news and stuff, but that's depressing. I can listen to like a learning Spanish podcast, but I don't really have the capacity to like learn new things right now that aren't law. So it's a perfect intersection, truly. And like, especially the first episode that's both in Spanish and in English where I didn't catch, I can listen to it and just listening to other students' perspectives. Yes. 10 yes. out of 10. I loved it. Everyone should go listen to it. Everyone should listen to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I realize that this is a very niche market um, for listeners, you know, like law students, <laughs> law school in general, but hearing other people's perspectives on law school, I could listen to it all day, honestly, because I'm always wondering what my classmates are thinking, right? Mm -hmm. How this is going down for them. Are we feeling the same way? What funny insights have they made? What observations? What am I missing? What am I not missing? Yeah. All of that. Um, so that was a big high for me. 
getting to listen to their podcast um, and just see how like Sasha took. So kind of wrapping this around to the meeting that she and I had had, she asked me if Elon had resources. I said, I didn't know I'd get back to her. I reached out to the office of academic success. They were like, nah, we don't. <laughs> so Jeez. I know not like harshly, but it was kind of like, so Sasha is so a keen observer because she immediately found this gap right? Yeah. She's like, oh, here's an area where I could fill a gap in resource. Um, and so she and Dara did this podcast. And yeah. Anyway, if you haven't picked up on it yet, Lydia, and I think you should go give it a listen. <laughs> but it's very I really good. do. I really do. And there's so many reasons to. So many I already mentioned them, so I won't go over it again. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if they're on every platform. I found them on Spotify. I found them on Spotify as well. So I would recommend trying there first. Yeah. Give that a go. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't really like my high. But... I have an update as well. Oh, since we're the update. random update. This is also quick. If you tuned in last week, you heard me talk about enrolled agents. If you don't know what I'm talking about and that sounds cool, <laughs> I'll just tell you. You can be an enrolled agent with the IRS Sounds nerdy. It is. But get this. You do you you only have to have a high school degree. You don't have to have a college degree, a law degree, whatever, in order to be a professional in tax law representing clients in front of the IRS. So think about doing it before law school to get that kind of experience. Anyways, I was asking my professor this week. Um, I was I was telling her like, oh yeah, I, uh, I was talking about enrolled agents on the podcast, but I'm curious how much an enrolled agent might be able to charge clients. Right. Because that's kind of a big factor in someone deciding if they want to spend their time doing this. Um, again, it's a self-study program that you don't have to be, you don't have to pay tuition, anything. You just study for it and, and spend like 180 something dollars doing a registration. So anyways, um, cheap investment. And she said, of course you can get paid whatever clients will charge you. But when I pushed back on that a little to get an idea of what that might be, she knows enrolled agents who charge $50 an hour. So lawyers, you know, many lawyers make more than that per hour, but again, just a high school diploma is what you need to do this. If you're listening to this and you're not sure about law school, try this first. Get $50 an hour to do the, to represent clients and become an expert on something. That's my only update, 50 bucks an hour. It sounds like I'm really trying to sell something. Why isn't the IRS sponsoring this podcast? Anyways, L-O-L. just like <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a few reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, don't. they don't have any money. That's one reason. Dang. Um, that just goes to show that there are so many jobs out there that you don't even know exist. Megan, there is a job. This is not law school related, but I uh-huh. just found out about it and it made me question like, why am I in law school? Okay. There are intimacy coaches who help with couples in Hollywood, romantic couples and also like parent child couples to help these two actors who don't know each other, like have a real relationship that's so cool. Lydia, yeah. I agree that it's cool. 
but I hate to burst your boat. Like I knew this. I I'm from oh, Hollywood. Like oh, I'm from there. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of those like really super fun kind of like behind the curtain, like real Hollywood true access tidbits. Yeah. Like I pretty, I know them. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah. That is, a, that is a paid thing. Oh, amazing. amazing. That's a real thing. Honestly, if you, wow, this is a hard aside and we're not going to get into it, but if you want <laughs> to hear some like really good stories about weird things that I have found on the internet or like, side gigs, side hustles friends of mine have had, we could have a whole yes. deep dive on Craigslist <laughs> yes. online. Amazing. Yeah. But back to law school. Oh, that's what right. Going on? Yeah. The incredibly bland thing that we're doing <laughs> instead of surfing Craigslist for side gigs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I actually have some kind of like exciting, very much law school related news. Perfect. Um, I got invited to compete in the Ooh. William and Mary Spong moot court competition this February. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. What is Spong? It's just the name of it. <laughs> it's okay. It's some cat named Spong. I don't know. Did something Sweet. worthy <laughs> of creating a moot court competition. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, what yeah. How do you know about it at this point? You just yeah, know that you're going to participate. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so for moot court, for anybody at Elon who's thinking about doing moot court, and I'm imagining this is probably pretty similar other places too, but, you know, you make you make the team and then um, the faculty coordinator essentially like gathers a bunch of invitations from various different competitions across the country and then takes an inventory of those competitions um, and then disperses the information to the team. And so I got, you know, the list of the competitions that we were going to be competing in and I had to preference like my top three. Okay. Um, and for some of them, you know, you, you had like a general idea of what the prompt would be. And for others, you had no idea. Um, so this was my second choice. Um, and I didn't put it as my first choice because the competition's in February, meaning I'm going to have to spend time over my winter break working on the brief, oh. which is not something I wanted to do. But um, I mean, honestly, it'll probably work out better because I will have nothing else to do over break. Like I can put all of my time and energy into that. Right. Because you have a job for the right, summer. Right. You have done everything Right, Megan. I've, it's it's lined up very well for me. Um, it really has. And it's not like I've done everything right. Like, I honestly think, like, so much just luck has gone into this. Um, but, you know, like, I do like legal writing and I like research. So this doesn't even feel like a huge deal to me. Like, I would, I'm happy to, like, sit down in front of a fake fire and drink eggnog and work on whatever problem they send my way. Nice. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's like, I'm finally going to be on, you know, I made the team and now I'm like, they're going to put me in the ring. And um, yeah. I'm actually supposed to find out this upcoming week who my partner is. Um, Cause you get paired with somebody on, on your team. Like it's like a, it's a, mm -hmm. it's, it's a two on two situation. Cool. So, um, you know, I, I know most of the people on the team, but there are people on the team that I have never had a class with or like really any interaction with. 
And it'll be super interesting to see because I've kind of heard just like uh, anecdotally that they try to pair somebody who had like a really strong oral argument score with somebody who had a really strong brief score. Okay. And the fact of the matter is like if you're on the team, like you did well in both. Like you, yeah. there's no one who, you know, really like <laughs> uh, shot the bed <laughs> on, one, on one end of them and then did really well on the other. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm like the writer and that someone I get paired with is like, just like a brilliant orator. I would love that, but we'll see. You're such a good orator. No, but like, I mean, like compared to my classmates, you'll recall, I didn't even come in the top 10 in the moot court intramural competition in the spring. I came in obviously the top yeah. like 20 or whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a possibility that I'm going to get paired with somebody who just like will blow me away and I'm, I'm pumped. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. You're going to be close to whoever it is by the end of it. I know. Cause also cool. like you, we have practice four nights a week for like one and a half, like one and a half hour practices, four nights a week for like the month leading up to the competition. Yeah. That's a lot of time. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But and it's crazy they, because that's how you get better. Like in school before you're actually in practice, like it's so amazing to be able to do that without the threat of like being fired hanging over your head. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. And, you know, knowing that I'm actually going to be like doing this over the summer in some very varying degree, you know, having to like fingers crossed talk in front of a judge in a court. Wow. Um, it's so wild. Yeah. Like the, the, the competition feels like the skills I'm learning feel like more meaningful. It's not just the competition. It's like, you know, I'm really like honing in on something that I'm going to have to do like in real life very soon. So. I feel like this is our most 2L episode yet. Like, this is <laughs> such not a 1L episode. Oh, my God. You're right. What even was 1L? I don't even remember. I don't even know her. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know her. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, you're going to be arguing in front of a judge this summer. Wow. Hopefully. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So... <laughs> Uh, riding the coattails of you just saying that this was, you know, the most 2L episode ever. I have something completely not law school related. Okay. <laughs> that was a high for me. So um, I will be surprised if you remember this, but like over the summer, I got selected to be an academic fellow, um, which has been a very fun and easy way to make $500. <laughs> like, yeah, you're basically just, you know, I got, I, I'm the academic fellow for the Civ Pro class um, that I had last year, and I got my $500 check, and I was like, what could I do with this money? And I ended up spending a substantial amount of it, it's an embarrassing amount, on this jumpsuit that I see you hovering over in the document. You know, I'm clicking, ooh. Okay, that's please gorgeous. describe to the listeners what this jumpsuit looks like. Gladly. On the screen, we see... A model crossing, she's standing up, one arm behind her, one foot crossing over the other. She's wearing a jumpsuit. It's a short sleeve jumpsuit, collared. I need to zoom in. It looks like it's covered in flowers. A the print is called Blossom, by the way. 
Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's good context. So I can't, I wouldn't call it neon, but I wouldn't call it pastel. I would say bright flowers that aren't too bright. We have some like teal and turquoise and orange and purple, like a light purple and some reds in there. Um, I'm going to click on more. Oh, it's going to show me up close. They're gorgeous. They, this is so amazing. How did you, where did you find this? How have you, I've never heard of this website. Oh, oh. it has some like belt loops maybe as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Belt loops. Okay. Um. So the maker of this jumpsuit is called Big Bud Press. And they have, they're like an, they're a small independent clothing store. Um. And they have two shops in LA. So that's how I know about it. Oh, nice. And I could never, ever, ever justify buying their stuff before. Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm a little thriftier than that. I want, I want to believe I'm a little thriftier than that. Yeah. But I saw this print and I was like, there was something about the retail therapy on this where I was like, this jumpsuit is the antithesis of this year. Like, yes, it is joy embodied, right? I look at it and it's so loud. It's so obnoxious. You can't help but look at it and kind of smile. The pictures where the model is sitting in front of a wallpaper that's the exact same pattern. My eyes are finally pleased. Yeah, I've looked on at the internet for hours and hours every single day, but finally I'm delighted. It is delightful. And so I, I spent not, I did not spend $500 on a jumpsuit. I feel like at this point I just need to say like, it was, it was $195. It's embarrassing. Like I should have donated this money, but <laughs> I, you know, I thought to myself, I'm going to wear this at my law school graduation. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to wear this at my law school graduation and I'm going to wear this when I officiate Brittany's wedding in October. Oh my gosh. She has already signed off on it. <laughs> so I read yes. it by her first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So wow. pretty pumped on that. It is like the first real splurge that I feel like I've had uh, since, you know, forsaking a salary. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Big high, big high. I've spent money on absurd things in this house, like a pressure washer. I'm just so excited to pressure wash the house. Like, but but that's not a necessity. Why did I spend money on that? You know. So no judgment here. <laughs> Fair enough. Like that, um, have three different models wearing extra small, medium, extra large. Every everything jumpers, especially. You never know how those are going to fit. Right, right. And so I actually, I ended up uh, sizing up so that I could, because, okay, the thing about Big Bud Press, not to go like super on about this or too much longer, but all of their sizes are unisex, um, which, you know, you're, the photos that you're looking at only show presumably like uh, women, but um, it, they, it is completely unisex. So you don't really know like how they're going to fit on you. So I sized up so that if Adam wanted to borrow the jumpsuit, yes. I mean, he and I are like virtually the same size already. We're just, you know, um, our proportions are a little different, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, this could be a little bit of a sisterhood of the traveling jumpsuit situation in the, in the house over here. That's, that is so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Through love. Okay, but enough about my retail therapy. I want to hear more about your eyes. 
and we did it again. I just want you, I just want to point out, we started with our highs. So. No, but we have, we have a, an actual topic this week, so I feel fine about it. Okay. Um, let's see. I registered for classes this week, uh, on Friday, and I'm just really excited about the classes that I signed up for. I wonder what they are. Hold I was going to say, uh, are you going to tell us or are you going to keep it a secret? I kind of just like, um, I tried to do a thing. Ashlyn and Didi and I tried to get in the same class again. We tried to get ethics together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some waitlist action there, but uh. hopeful for that. And then the other classes um, are just things I'm interested in, really. You know, some of them are like trust and estates is going to be on the bar, so it's good <gasps> to take it. You're but, trust in the states. Yeah, because I'm like one of your one of our graded assignments is writing our own will. That's just cool. Hell yeah. Um, you know, all of my money. I need to make sure I've written down who it should go to. It's right. Like, and you know, don't be shy with assigning me as a beneficiary. I'm willing to shoulder <laughs> that burden for wow. you. <laughs> that is so sweet. If Raja needs a home in the event <laughs> of your untimely demise, oh. my door is always open. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even thought about my precious sweet. I'm looking oh yeah. At you me. got chattel. You got chattel now. Where's <laughs> it going to go? Oh. Well, and especially since you like it so much, and um, I once again have only signed up for classes who I've heard good things about the professor. That matters to me more than anything. Mm. So I have signed up for Trust and Estates, Conflict of Laws, which is kind of like Civ Pro 2, but um, I just think it sounds so applicable to -to day-to-day life because nothing... Not so few things happen just in one state. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also quite relevant in the international context to migration. Um, but this class is mostly focused on like domestic stuff, but it will give me the basis to learn more about international issues with conflict of laws. Heck and yeah. then natural resources law, again, relevant. Um, and okay, the clinic. Okay, sorry. Conflict of laws, ethics, clinic, natural resources laws, trust in estates. And then I also signed up for this class called complex civil litigation. Ooh. And it's like class action lawsuits and stuff like that. And that just interests me because I dream. Uh, I mean, I know that class actions are like have weakened over the past few decades, but I dream of being able to like get a huge class of people together and just sue someone and you know <laughs> dream of that that sounds of so stressful to me every time someone is like you know like I think it could be quite relevant to a group of people affected by climate change well that is yeah you're you're on the money there absolutely and then I'm also on the wait list for this January term class in disability law taught by a visiting professor that's not usually offered here so that'd be cool but all of this stuff adds up to 19 hours, oh, sorry, 18 hours, which is over the limit. And I would never want to actually take this many classes anyways. This is this would give me five exams at the end of next semester. Clinic doesn't yeah. have an exam, else does. So I just need to figure out what I should drop. If I don't get into disability law, which is quite possible, then I'd be at 17 hours, which technically is possible. So if I love everything, maybe, but I just can't imagine actually 
Like, what are the chances that everything's going to work out? I feel like we're going to be playing this tape back in three months when you're like getting ready for exams or four months when you're getting ready for exams. And you're going to be like, why did you let me do this? That is so (laughs) many credit hours. Well, we have a, we have, you know, a while until the final drop date. And the alternative is to like sign up for your schedule that you think is going to be good. Mm -hmm. And then if something, if you don't like something, you drop it and switch into something else. But at that point, the things you want to switch into might be full. So then you're stuck taking a class you don't really want to take. So I'd rather register for the max and then drop one of them that I don't like among those, you know. So anyways, that is a high just because I'm just excited about these classes. And I'm excited to take a friend a class with some friends. Um, are you going to be, wait, so are you all going to be back in person? No, no. Sorry. Okay. Just like having ethics with Ashton and Dee just sounds nice. Gosh. So y'all, so you're for sure. Like everyone is online for spring. Um, there are some classes that were listed as like possibly hybrid, but I didn't register for any of them because I would be at a disadvantage being remote, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I wish, well, that's something that I will consider when I'm signing up for my spring trimester. Cause I, you know, I'm moving into my winter trimester right oh, now. And you won't be in classes this trimester, right? Correct. Well, I have, so I'm doing my residency, um, but there, I have to take one class in conjunction with that. So I have one class oh. that meets once a week on Fridays <laughs> and there's no final. So um, it's client interviewing. And I think I talked about it on the last episode. It's with the professor that I was a TA for this last trimester. So. Okay. That's pretty cool. Like I'm starting off the trimester with a professor with whom I text message semi-regularly. So it's like, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> the pressure is off. The pressure, I mean, it's on like, cause I always have it on myself, but yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, it's very much an upper level class. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 I see why you would do that, like in conjunction with the, I forget, you call it residency. We call them externships. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I figure I might as well. I mean, if I'm going to be doing a moot court competition, I'll be like dusting up on my oral argument skills mm-hmm. and my writing skills. Okay. And then I have client interviewing, super practical. And all three of those skills could come in handy during my residency. So. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll see if I can keep this like this this the good vibes are rolling uh, over here in Megan Land because so far this year has gone like pretty well. Um, just planning wise, planning wise, it's gone pretty well. So okay, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have options this year. Yes, yes, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, I actually, I feel kind of guilty because I have a trick for class registration. Um, but if I share it on air, I won't be able to use it. So it's one of those things like I really want to be transparent about uh, everything as much as I can because so much of law school knowledge is like gated. But I'll just say this. If you want to know my trick for getting into classes that you want, just email me. And if you don't go to Wash U, then I'll tell you. If oh. you do go to Wash U, Sorry. <gasps> wow i am yeah. so surprised that you even brought this up no one was asking you <laughs> i just I a, a little bit but it's like 
everyone's freaking out on registration day and I like other oh, classes I won and it's because of this trick and I don't know how many other people do it too but anyways wow wow this would be like the shadiest you've ever been I know I feel very dang shady. yeah okay well I will be emailing you after this episode for the trick so there yes. you have it of course let me throw in my other highs because they're really short okay. and then I'll be done with my highs from the week. But one was getting an exam care package for my mom. Thanks, mom. mom. And it had healthy treats and some unhealthy treats, uh, like chocolates and such, and some like relaxing herbal tea, which mm -hmm. is so nice. Mm -hmm. And then I have waited for the best high of the week, which was that I took Raja on a walk in his little oh. harness with a leash outside, and he was walking. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Like a good, such like a good little cat dog. Oh, on Instagram, like this precious cat will let me take him on walks now. It took us so much training, but we got there. Congratulations, really. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it means a lot. No small feet. Yeah. <laughs> no small feet. Raja, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, for me. Well, I think, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could just get onto my low really quick. Okay. Unless, are, did you have any more highs? Oh, no, no. I, I, I didn't know if you had Miz or anything. I don't really oh, have Oh, I any. do. But my low is like so sad that I like want to buffer it with Miz. Oh, okay. What's going on? My contracts professor passed away on Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, per, so his name was um, George Johnson, mm -hmm. um, but we called him Dean Johnson or Professor Johnson. Um, and he, he was actually one of the founding faculty at Elon. Wow. Um, yeah, he'd been around, and there's like a big-ass oil painting of him in the comments, yes. <laughs> which I always thought must be kind of funny for him, like coming to work every day and seeing this like life-size portrait of himself. Yes. Um, but he had been the he had been the dean of the law school for some time, um, as well as the academic dean and you know founding faculty member and all that. And in the in the last few years, he just transitioned back to to teaching, which was his favorite thing. Um, and he was just such a great. I just wanted to like take a minute on the podcast because he was such an, a great professor. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard to make contract law fun, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and he made it so fun. And he was, like, the only professor that I've had thus far that's been really, truly old school. You know, he oh, never man. wrote a single thing on the board. Never oh, wrote a single wow. thing on the board. So you had to come to class pre prepared to talk to him. And you, there were, like, 80 people in my class, and he only called on, I want to say, 10 people the whole trimester. And I was what? one of the 10 people. <laughs> yeah. He just kept going back to you? Pretty much. I mean, if he learned your name, you were done for. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I so enjoyed him. Um, and, yeah, he, he was really candid with us in class, and he let us know that he had cancer. Um, so he said, some days I, you know, might need to sit down and, or I might seem a little foggy, but you know, I have cancer. So <laughs> that's that. And we were all just, you know, we just kind of operated knowing, knowing that. Um, and actually my last in-person class in law school was with him. Wow. <laughs> and who knows if I'm ever going to have another one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
So bummer. Yeah. You know, you woke up on Monday, opened up my email and saw the news, but there was a really nice zoom memorial for him on Monday night and uh, people just shared stories. So it was, it's a, it's a low and, and a high, I guess, or not like a high, but you know, sweet, sweet memories kind of thing. Yeah. Rest in peace. RIP Dean Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. See what I mean though? We have to talk more after that. You can't just like end exactly. on the dead Dean note. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Give me a meh after that. Oh, well, I mean like generally I had some meh going on. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess like, so here's, here's a, as we mentioned, and this is, this is a, we're finally here 30 minutes in the theme of the week exams. Um, so my met is that I have a game plan for these exams. I have two left. So two of my four classes are done already and they culminated in a big writing product. Um, and those have been turned in, but like these last two classes are, you know, they're more core curriculum. I have business associations and con law, constitutional law. Uh, so there is going to be a timed final and it is going to be open note and it is graded on the curve and all that. And, um, I have this game plan and I feel somewhat confident about it. Um, right. But like without the benefit of classmates to study with or like bounce ideas off of, I can't really tell if I'm totally off base or not. And, like I look at classmates of mine, like, you know, I'll be on Instagram and I'll just be, you know, a scrolling, a scrolling through the, through the gram. And I'll see someone, you know, with just like 70 pages worth of printed out case law and papers and like it, what seems like the most thorough outline ever. And I'm like, Oh God, no, I don't have any of that. Um, I don't definitely not. It's like, yeah, but like, I'm like lacking my classmates as a frame of reference. And that's a meh because, well, I may not have them to help me fill in any of my knowledge gaps. It is kind of a nice reminder. And I hate to kind of use this like cliche, but it's like, it's a nice reminder to kind of stay in my lane and run my own race and focus on what works for me. Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah. But just kind of like not knowing where everybody else is at. And that's the thing about the curve because you do kind of have to worry a little bit about where everyone else is at because where they're at is going to inform where you end up. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah, that's, that's my meh. That's my meh. That's fair. My, my meh is mostly, I'm not, I don't have a summer job, but haven't been applying for them. It's not been the priority. And I don't know, it just, there are, I I did happen to take a look at jobs on the WashU, like, career services website, and there are certain jobs that, like, the deadline is closing, and I'm like, I I can't prioritize that, I'll just have to not apply to that job, but, you know, I was looking, and that was a, that was a meh for me. That would be a meh, yeah. My, my low is just the the way our government has failed to handle the coronavirus so many so many needless deaths it's just absolutely horrible to see and in missouri you know it's so bad uh uh, the state government the, the way they're handling it so um we just have data and money 
So we just don't have an excuse. <laughs> right. I know. We know what to do and how to do it. And like, just pay people to stay home. Pay, pay people to pay for people's masks. You know, stop like guilting. Like, anyways, like, <clears throat> anyways, anyways, that, that's not, that's not the point of this podcast, but it was definitely a low to just like open up the news this week. Oh gosh, I know. And at the risk of turning this into a complete tangent, I was actually having, um, again, an Instagram conversation with a classmate of mine about like about COVID generally. Um, but she had posed this poll on Instagram that essentially asked if a vaccine were to become available, do you think it should be mandatory for people, for students and teachers to have to take it before returning to school? Hmm. And that sent me into like this whole like constitute call like a like a con law spiral. <laughs> Knowing yeah. what little I know about con law, <laughs> the things that I've taught myself over the last week and a half. Um, but like it, it it is it's an interesting thought because you know Adam is a is a teacher, so this this hits home for me. Not that it would need to in order for me to care about it, but. He went back to school this last week and his students, you know, have pretty profound disabilities, some of them. So, you know, they're not wearing masks, like they're not social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thought of like, it sounds great in theory, like, yes, everybody should get a vaccine and then they can return to school. And that will re- that will help solve, you know, the problem of spreading and all that. But then you have a really interesting argument about you know, personal liberties. And also you're talking about minor children. So really it's up to the parents whether or not they want their kids to get a COVID vaccine if it were to become available. And this is, to- this is fully a tangent now. But <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, it seems to me like just kind of taking a pulse of the people around me, folks are really wary about a vaccine because they feel like the government is rushing and so they don't want to be part of the first. I don't know why they first... feel that. That's not how the FDA works. I know, but... but this is this seems to be like people are talking about it like this. Yes, yes, yes. Right. I know they are, but it frustrates right. me. Because so they don't want to be part of like the first or second group of people to get the vaccine. They want to like see what happens. And then, you know, wrapping this back around to schools, if kids have to get a vaccine in order to return to school but their parents don't want to give them a vaccine, then all of a sudden you have this situation where like kids are being disenfranchised from their public educations because they don't want to get a vaccine. It's, I'm making con law interesting. I'm trying my hardest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting hypo, but I wouldn't be too stressed out about it because I don't think it would happen. But I, I think I personally, I have no issue with the mandatory vaccine requirements that already exist in public schools. Yes. At least the ones I grew up in, you had to have certain vaccines. But those are all vaccines that we know the long-term consequences of. So my issue with the COVID vaccine would not be that I think it's been rushed through because I don't think that that's how the process works, but that because it's so new, we don't know the long-term health consequences of it. So Mm -hmm. to require it of people... I don't know. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. I'd rather stay in remote classes. I would, I would get the vaccine, but I would rather, instead of mandate that everyone has to 
continue making remote school an option? I guess that's different. I, mean, I guess I'm more thinking about law school and less about like the children, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because I, yeah, I think about there, there are some very fundamental differences there. I mean, more than like the obvious, um, but like the fact that a lot of these parents like need, they rely on school as a form of childcare yeah. um, and without yeah. school, they can't go to their, their jobs. Um, ooh, gosh. Yeah. And then you, Ooh, you want to bring in a commerce clause argument here? <laughs> Do you you want to? I mean, you could, you could bring it it in. You could say something to the effect of, you know, if, if parents have to stay home because their kids need them to be home in order for them to access education, then if you were to aggregate all of that, it transcends intrastate commerce and becomes an interstate commerce issue. And now Congress can step in and regulate. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, education is such a local, locally governed issue that I hadn't thought about like federal stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. You're getting ready for con law. I, I like it. I, like I got it. it on the brain. I'm so sorry. I like completely pulled you off track. I apologize. No, I think that I'm going to, I'm, I think I know a segue for this. Okay. Because, um, I have my very first exam prep tip for this semester. Oh, oh yeah. So I guess the, the theme of the might be, uh, preparing for exams, specifically open book remote exams. This is different from the exams we had last year, at least for a lot of my classes. Like even the ones that were open book were not, like your computer wasn't open to you. You couldn't search through your notes, you know, there. You had to bring in printed things and that's what was open. So I think there is a different strategy here. But one of my general pieces of advice uh, that I've really gotten a lot of use out of this this week is to ask your professors how to analyze the hypos that they write for their exams. This is one of the reasons I love Emerson's bar review um, because he has the hypo from an old bar exam and you watch him and like approach it in a methodical way and you can Mm -hmm. learn from his method. But I was starting to realize that at least for my one all classes, there are just different ways of approaching the hypo. And in this semester, like for evidence, it's so linear. <laughs> it's like, does this piece of evidence get from point A to court? Right. To pass this, 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 in any moment it could be disqualified. But most things aren't that easy. Uh, and same for, same for contracts kind of, it's a little bit more linear. But like for con law, that's not how you approach a hypo you know it's not like they're asking like is this bill going to become a law it's usually like this thing was enacted does it violate the constitution and you have the entire constitution (laughs) at your disposal how do you craft like what are they expecting so in my american indian law class which is kind of a little bit of everything which is why i think it's like such a good class the the thing i was imagining it being closest to was con law. Okay. uh, Well, there's no, there's no reason to explain it. So I asked in our Q and a session on the last day of class, how, how would you approach the hypos on the exam? Is it, are you doing the type of analysis that you would do in con law? Are you organizing your answer that way? So I guess the question you're asking is about 
how they want you to organize your answer. Because my contracts professor last year, someone asked this in her office hours, and it was the only reason I did well on the exam, because she said, if you answer, if you spot the issues in the order in which they appear in the hypo, you will never beat the curve because there's like deeper issues that all of those little issues Whoa. like revolve around. Oh my God. That sounds like some, I mean, you what, <laughs> that like breaks my mind a little bit. It's like it's Dumbledore a, telling you how to like, you know. <laughs> yes, but you can just ask. It's amazing. And so like my American Indian law professor was like, well, First, the biggest issue is always jurisdiction, tribal jurisdiction or federal jurisdiction. And then, you know, is it criminal or civil? Who was involved? Was it American Indians or uh, U.S. citizens on tribal land? Uh, You know, all of these things. And then he basically went on for like 15 minutes, giving us an entire outline of the class. He was like, you should know this. And of course, that would lead you to this. And if I were you, I would have a sheet of paper that had all of the different cases that spoke to this element, because when that comes up, you'll want to compare it to which one this is the most like. Then on another sheet of paper, you'll want to have this. I was just like furiously like, here we This is it. This right. is the roadmap to it. it. Like you can just ask that. So like shout out to um, my classmate who has now transferred to a top 10 school who asked that question <laughs> in office hours for contracts because that was such a key to law school for me. And it was very helpful for American Indian law. For evidence, I didn't ask it because it seems so self-evident. And then for tax, I still actually do not know how to approach an answer in that. So I'm going to ask him this week in his review sessions. But yeah, huge piece of advice for me dang i like i wish that i had asked <laughs> now i'm like okay i wish that i had asked my con law professor how to do that it's not too late i don't know i feel now if like at the risk of being too candid i now like feel sheepish because i emailed him weeks and weeks ago and asked him if he would be willing to go over a practice essay with me and he didn't respond to me for 10 days what a jerk I know. And he apologized for not responding to me for 10 days, but I was also like, this is the class that he teaches in person to a room full of like 30 people. Meanwhile, there are 45 people online who can't hear a word he's saying or read the board. Yeah. So I, and like, I think, you know, part of this is on him. I honestly do. Yes. Um, I get that this is like a hard thing, but I think if he watched the class back from my perspective, um, he would change something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've just kind of written this off and like, I've had such a negative experience in the format of this class yeah. that it would, it would make, it would drive me to go back in person no. um, just to take his class because I can't do this again for another trimester. It was so yeah. unpleasant. Damn. Yeah. So I'm hoping that come spring, cause I can tell that he you would be so that. fun in person. Aww. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't, like, this is too stressful, so. I do think Emerson's bar review videos are a good general methodology for approaching the questions. And same with Studicata. They both will give you the roadmaps, but I still think it's worth asking your exact professor what they are expecting. But if you can't have that, then these are great alternatives. It's just something yeah. that, 
people should know. If you have an outline of everything you've gone over in class, it's only going to help you so much because then you're going to look, be looking at a hypo and you're like, um, well, now, right. yeah. where to begin? Where to yeah. begin? So would the appropriate question that you ask your professor be where to begin? Well, you don't want to just know where to begin. You want to know the entire, you want to know as much as you can. I would say, like, how do you structure the analysis or something like that? Okay. okay. How do you structure it? Or, or like, them? what do you, you could also ask, like, as a follow-up question, if they don't give you enough info, you could say, what mistakes do you see students make in how they organize their answer? You know, Ooh. where are they missing points? Yeah. Right, 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 right. I'm actually going to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What mistakes do students make? Yeah. That's excellent. Mm. Um, God, finals. I can't wait to be done. I'm like, I'm so, I'm, I'm just like so angry about this year. <laughs> like it's gone, it's gone very well for me personally, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, and we've said this many a time on this podcast. I am like, we're going to have to take the bar someday. So yeah. What? <laughs> Unless we get that sweet diploma privilege. Yeah. That sweet, sweet DP, but I don't, I don't think so. Well, uh, <laughs> I won't, I won't comment on that. <laughs> um, let's see. There was other advice I was thinking of. Oh, um, speaking of professors being helpful in exam prep. So you remember last year when I was saying, you know, you can, I was kind of like writing my contracts per exam before I read the prompt. Mm -hmm. And then you ended up doing that too, a little yeah. bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was something that I can't, I don't, I don't think, I learned that from someone. I think I kind of spontaneously thought of it. And um, it wasn't something that like my classmates had been talking about much, but it turns out in another section of torts, so not my professor, but this other torts professor had been encouraging my classmates to do that. And he was even offering in his office hours to go over people's like pre-written, like mad libs basically. Right, make sure right. that they had their rules right. Because for me, pre-writing the exam just means getting the issue statement written out with a blank where the actual issue is once you've spotted it. Mm -hmm. And then the rule is just like you wording it in your own way or typing it up with quotation marks and citing it so that, and, and then also doing a Mad Libs version of the conclusion so that when you get the exam, as much time as possible, you can be spending on, on the, the analysis, analysis. Yep. because that's what you're being rewarded for anyways. So this seems like such a strategy specifically for online open book exams, because if you can copy and paste from your document where you've pre-written everything, you will be doing more work than is technically quote unquote necessary because yeah. you're pre-writing every potential rule that you've gone over, every case you've gone over. But in that thoroughness, of course, you will learn and also like, all you have to do is copy and paste the rules and the issue and conclusion. And it doesn't matter if you're repetitive and you say, therefore, comma, the judge should blank. Right. Therefore, comma, the judge should blank over and over. It doesn't matter. You're not like, getting you're not, graded yeah. on style. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, this is 
this is so nice that this is an option and also like holy crap if only I had known that there were professors <laughs> what if my professors this semester would be open to that but I've waited until now to start doing that yeah and you don't want to you don't want to kind of like show them all the cards in your hand like hey this is where I'm at with my studying I promise I've been paying attention this whole time (laughs) I don't want to do that yet no I get that that's kind of like why I am sheepish about going to my con law professor again um because I it's it's a you I always feel like I'm risking embarrassing myself by asking a question that maybe they answered and I just wasn't paying like complete attention. Yes. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe those generic questions will be okay. Right. Like but, how, yeah. how would you, how would you do an analysis on this type of question? Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. general enough. Um, that kind of I reminds just, me. Oh, yeah. so oh I was just going to say like having an exhaustive pre-written Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have the benefit of copying and pasting if you're an in-person exam. You would have the benefit of like having it written. So if you look at it, you can type it again, but it's even more of a benefit for the online open book. Whereas when you're in person, having a condensed outline is a beautiful (laughs) like tool. Having a really long outline is almost, it's not, almost it's not totally useless but it's like you're wasting so, time so yeah. much time. yeah yeah but it's kind of a flipped um now that you have control f at your disposal you know make use of it you don't need to spend hours and hours making a condensed outline you don't you really don't put it all no. on the paper not this but not this semester i have a i have a question for you you use yeah. exam soft right we use exam four. Oh, okay so so at Elon, we use ExamSoft, and um, I have never copied and pasted into ExamSoft because I was told by a professor that on their end, they can see which text you typed and which text you copied and pasted. Interesting. And like, I get that you would have to understand where something went in order to correctly copy and paste it. You know what I mean? Like you, your like your analysis would still have to be on point enough to know where, where and when like certain things were appropriate. Yeah. Um, but just the thought of my professors like seeing that, you know, I wasn't typing like all these original thoughts and I was copying and pasting from some document that I had on the side. To me, like it just seems like it might prejudice the reader against you, you and your knowledge. Interesting. You see where I'm coming from with that? I thought you meant there'd be like an issue with them thinking you had plagiarized it or something. Well, I mean, there's always that too. Um, but more like I'm thinking more of just like a like a style point, like point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm just like, I dare you to take off points from this perfect fucking exam. Like I'm, I'm getting in that kind of headspace. Where I'm like, I fucking dare you to penalize me for doing all this work ahead of time. Come at me, you know? Right. I mean, nobody nobody could say that you weren't working extra hard by creating pre-writes. I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, I feel very adversarial toward the professors. I don't know. Sometimes you have to, you know, an exam is war. You're going. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're, they're trying to take you down and then you're trying to not be taken down. That curve, mm. though. 
I know. Is the curve the same for you in the second year at WashU as it was in the first year? Yeah, so this is something I learned this week. Oh, God. I have another reason to hate the curve. So we were asking our American Indian law professor about his grading because it's a very small class. And when you look at the previous grade distributions from previous semesters, which are like published on our internet, um, his like highest scores that he gives out are always lower than other professors. So I thought he was just a very harsh grader. Like I think last year or something like the highest grade was a 3.88, but other professors will give you like above a 4.0 if they really liked your essay or something. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, damn, he couldn't even give like a 4.0 to the exam that he thought was the best, you know? Right. So we were asking him about that. He said that the, he is constrained by the average GPA of the students who take his class. So if it's a group of students who have high GPAs, then he has more like points to give out. And if it's a group of students who have lower GPAs, he just doesn't have as many points to go around. And so like he feels bad giving someone a very low grade just so that someone can have a 4.0. So he, from his perspective is like, I guess like kind of doing the right thing, but I just think that's so fucked up. The The purpose yeah. of it, because I asked a 3L, purpose of it is like to not penalize students for taking really difficult classes that all the gunners take. So um, it's, it's basically just another way of prioritizing the classes that feed into big law. I was going to say, classes. I mean, Those I'm no mathematician, but yeah. wouldn't this just work to kind of like further stratify the grades too? Like It just pads the people who are, who got... The people who got good good grades first year continue to have an advantage because right. whatever class they're in. Yeah, it, I, I hate that. So, like, I get it that one benefit is that you're not penalizing the normal student for taking a class with a lot of gunners, but you're penalizing them in every other situation. The person who, like, did okay first year or didn't do okay first year but is getting better and is taking classes that are more public interest focused – and not big law focused, they're going to have a harder time. They need to be penalized, and the people who have good GPAs are just going to keep having their GPAs padded. I just hate that so much. It should be a blank slate every semester. I don't get the whole, it has to be fair in this one scenario, so let's make it unfair in all these other, for all these other scenarios. Ugh. Yeah, that's trash. I don't like that at all. What about y'all? Have you looked into um, yeah, our, so our curve, it, it, it gets, it has gotten after one L year more forgiving. Um, you will nice. recall that in one L classes, the average grade is either a B minus, which works out to a 2.67 or a Ooh. B, which is a 3.0. Yeah. That's the curve. That's where the curve is set. Um, but now in two L year, I, I believe it's a B or a B plus, um, and the the professor has discretion. And in the smaller classes, where you know, like like I was in two classes this this term that had maybe like twenty students in them, I think that uh, the professors have like more leeway there too. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. So like the writing classes that I had, those those smaller ones, I'm not I'm not super concerned about 
I mean, cause I liked them <laughs> so like, and they're yeah. done and you know, whatever. Um, but my BA class is, is curved like on the one L curve. It's kind of sort of weird to explain, but in our, in our one L year, we had, we got the option. The only option we got to take in our one L year was whether we took biz- business associations or evidence in the spring. Oh, okay. And if you didn't take it in the spring, you had to take it in the fall. So all business associations and evidence classes, whether you take them in your 1L or your 2L year, are curved on the 1L grading curve. Rough. Um, yeah, so I'm taking BA, and it, it's curved on the 1L grading curve, <laughs> and I'm really not looking forward to that. But, mm. you know, we will prevail. We will, yeah. we will get through. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Gosh, we've okay. This episode is long. We're we're at like an hour and eight minutes. Okay, yeah. I didn't have much else prep. I just wanted to give a little plug for Emmanuel's Law in a Flash flashcards. I talked oh. about them last year for one L classes, but I did get them for tax and evidence this semester. And just I just think it's a really good product, and I think it's a good way of learning like the very bas- the very basics. Um, so highly recommend that. And I've been doing some, like, reading cases out loud for Laudio. So if you are an auditory listener, you should listen in to Laudio for listeners.com. And for me, reading the cases out loud was really helpful. Mm. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that if you're not getting paid to do it because it takes way longer. Well, I was... I was trying to make a recording that was perfect. So it took six hours to record one hour (laughs) worth. But that was the one case that we read in evidence this semester. We literally just read one case. What case was it? Crawford. What happens in Crawford? Um, Great question. Testimonial evidence. (laughs) Um, I'm looking it up really quick. You know, I just spent six hours on this yesterday. So in a criminal case, testimonial evidence by a witness can't be used if the defendant never had a chance to cross-examine the witness. That was a change in the law relatively recently. I think it was either in 1994 or 2004, something like that something in my lifetime Mm. when this case was decided yeah yeah i'm looking at it it's 2003 um i don't think i I don't think i read this case um our professor was obsessed with it so the facts are like kind of shockingly similar to another case that we read in evidence but that case happened in like brooklyn in the 50s so i don't know yeah anyway yeah well i definitely no, I mean, I kind of remember learning about it in class, but now that I've spent six hours of reading the same sentences over and over to get them perfect, you know, um, <laughs> you begin to lose meaning. <laughs> You've like lost no, that. no, they finally gained meaning. Finally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So those are my, I mean, again, only give that as a tip if you're getting paid by someone to be a voice, voice actor. But, um, yeah. Do you have any, any final exam preparation thoughts anything you've been doing uh, eating well i i have been doing that i have been doing that good, good. yeah here's hoping my very expensive jumpsuit fits <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's been a uh 
you know, quarantine, man. <laughs> just, <laughs> just numb and just, just. Yeah, snacking. well, I'm just, you have to be eating well for exams. That's exactly. Your- it's brain food. Yeah. 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 Oh. Oh, that was a sweet way to end it. Harper I says good night. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. Uh, good night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bye. What? Uh, bye, <laughs>